What a gorgeous college football weekend it was. My goodness. Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia, and everything else you could want right here on Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, good people and great listeners of Locked NFL Draft? We are coming to you live. I love saying that. And you know where I'm coming from right here, baby. Crush City. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> where the H. I'm very, very proud of my boys today, the Houston Astros. Now, I don't normally say this to go listen to Locked On Astros, but go listen to Locked On Astros because you're listening to a championship Locked On podcast. But we're glad you're making us your first listen of the day and who we are Former NFL, AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. You see him right there with the hat backwards. You got down below at Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. He's got the great locked on hat. It's Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics. And I am John Harris, football analyst, solid reporter for the Houston Texans, also owner operator of footballtakeover.com. And like I said, coming to you from Championship H Town. What you going to say now, John Boy? Take at there you go. And I, I know what I want to say, man. Congratulations to Dusty Baker and you know, yes, longtime uh, San Francisco Giants manager. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate he wasn't able to win one against against the Phillies, same team uh, with with the with the Giants. Lost to the Phillies in the World Series, but this time around, uh, changed his fortune a little bit and got the W. So, uh, great, great manager. Love him. Absolutely love him. He was he was on a different level last night, man. It was an awesome run. It was awesome to watch. Jordan Alvarez hit a ball that still doesn't come down. I think it's the longest ball it's ever been hit other than Albert Pujols back in 2005. So it was a great night here in Houston. But we're going to talk a lot of football. But first, I got to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And just keep in mind, if you make a $500 deposit, it's up to 100. So, I know some of you struggle a little bit with math and that's okay, but it's a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, we got to start tonight's show with arguably the best game we've seen in college football. Now, Tennessee Alabama has a stake to it with 52-49, but there wasn't a lot of defense played in that game. There was a lot of everything involved down at Death Valley at LSU as LSU walks out of that building with a 32-31 win over Alabama. There's so many different places to start. But guys, I want to start here because I want to give the victor their spoils, and that means Jaden Daniels. Now, he didn't throw for a ton of yards. He didn't run for 200. But he did everything so exceedingly well. He even managed the pocket at times. Just when you think, okay, he's going to get out of the pocket, he would get a little pressure and he would back up a, a yard or two and reset and then find his open receivers. Eric, as you watch Jane Daniels go to work, I keep thinking there's got to be a spot for a guy like this. And the first name that came to mind as I'm watching, the first name, and I think he's a better passer than this guy, maybe not as dynamic a runner, but Tyrod Taylor had opportunities in this league, and he's shown a lot of different things. 
and I watch Jaden Daniels, and they're not built the exact same way. But when I see a guy that's in charge of his team, calm leadership, ability to make plays off, off platform, out of structure, but then also dial in some throws, I think Jaden's even more advanced than Tyrod was coming out of Virginia Tech many years ago. But Jaden Daniels showed it off on Saturday. I was even more impressed than I've been this year, and I've been very impressed with him. What are your thoughts about what Five was able to do against the Alabama Crimson Tide defense? I think he was everything that LSU needed. You know, we've watched LSU in recent years, and, and I think everybody, they remember the Joe Burrow year when he was excellent. But outside of that, there hasn't been very good quarterback play right. out of quarterbacks for LSU. And Jaden Daniels was everything that LSU needed to really take down Alabama in this game. He was dynamic with his legs. He was good with his arm when need be. The, uh, was it, like a slot fade, corner route, touchdown that he threw at the end of the game, yep. money. The, I don't even know if I could say it on here, but the cojones of their their head coach <laughs> to Ryan call Kelly, that yeah. sprint right yep. and throw that pass for the two-point conversion to win the game and just say, hey, we're just going to put the game on the shoulders of our quarterback and you make a throw. That says a lot to me, and even more so about Jaden Daniels as a prospect. We've seen the toughness, his ability to make plays, get hit, take big hits, get up, make throws when need be. But, man, I feel like when everybody counts him out, and we, I, I, I'm guilty of this too. I have counted Absolutely. out Jaden Daniels plenty of times this year, uh, you know, but quietly he's putting together a pretty darn good season and I think this was one of the icings of the cake. Obviously, uh, continue to see if they make it to the playoffs and whatnot. But huge win for Jane Daniels. Excited for him. A kid from California. So I root for my California guys a lot. I know Bryce, uh, Bryce Young, California as well. But California, I watched him in high school. Watched him in the state championship in high school. Watched him at Arizona State and the things that happened there. And to see just how he's continued to progress just as a player, as a prospect. It's really exciting to see. It's interesting, the quarterbacks that come from California and how often you see them all over the country. It's just absolutely amazing. Ryan, Jaden Daniels doing things right, not being Superman, knowing when he had to put the cape on, though, I thought was very interesting. And that's, I think, something that's a big feather in a guy's cap when you know, okay, I don't have to make every play, but I got to make this play. And he, it felt like he made that. Well, I think his timing was perfect, too. He used the definition of pumped up in this one because I felt he started the game kind of Meh, just kind of – I thought he felt the pressure a little bit. I thought he got a little inaccurate at times early in the first half. But as the game wore on, particularly in that like last seven minutes of the fourth quarter into overtime, he settled into who he is. And I think that's not only a feather in his cap, but shows you that he can evolve during a ball game. That's a skill that not everybody has. He's not uh, – he's, his coach, I think, exemplifies the same thing. He's finally comfortable in Baton Rouge. And I think Jane Daniels is finally comfortable in being Jane Daniels and not – having to push too far, like you said, be who you are. He's definitely one of the guys that's pumped up today. Yeah, I think- and when you say be who you are, too, again, it's, part of it is the legs. He carried the ball 18 yeah. times against Alabama, and that's tough, right? Like, just taking that kind of pounding throughout a game, but just doing whatever he had to do to make sure that his team won. And, and I think that was that's the even bigger part of all that to me. Yeah, I mean, his, his ability to run, obviously, in overtime, the run away from Dallas Turner, and one of the things I thought was really impressive about Jaden Daniels as he ran, he knew where Turner was, and he kind of he, he picked his feet up. He didn't let his feet get knocked out from under him. He kind of high-kneed the situation, so when Turner went for his legs, Daniels got out of that pretty easily uh, and then got into the end zone. I, I feel like LSU's overall game plan was strong. They did a really nice job getting to Bryce Young. We're going to get the Alabama side of this on the other side. 
But Harold Perkins Jr., the true freshman right here out of Houston, was actually a New Orleans kid. He left after Katrina, and he came, and he, he played his high school ball probably about 20 minutes from here. And I remember – I never got a chance to see him, but I remember hearing a lot about this Harold Perkins, and I'm watching him going, hey, that's the Harold Perkins. That's him. And he turned it on. Now, he's a true freshman, so it'll be a couple years. But you start to see – and this is a guy that I'm very interested how more teams – whether more teams would be looking for this kind of guy, and that is Harold Perkins is kind of like Micah Parsons from this standpoint. Now, nobody really is Micah Parsons, just like nobody really is Debo Samuel. But Micah is able to rush the edge, but then play a stack backer all in the same game, all in the same series. Harold Perkins was showing kind of those same things as a true freshman. Rush the edge, drop as a stack backer, spy on Bryce Young. He did all those things a guy like Micah Parsons could do. Now, Micah did it at 235 pounds, so Perkins still has a little room to grow, but that dude might have been the most impressive dude on the field all night long. Now, pumped up, roughed up, question of the day, Bryce Young, how do we feel? We'll get to Alabama and Bryce Young on the other side, but LSU, kudos. A huge pumped up for Brian Kelly and the Tigers. We'll talk Alabama on the other side, but it's time to talk daily fantasy made easy, and that means prize picks. I think prize picks for a college football weekend would be just fantastic. Prize picks for an NFL weekend, unbelievable. And here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can pick your favorite players. You can just pick players you have a hunch about. You can pick players that are on your regular fantasy team. It doesn't matter. You just pick two to five players. And if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, how you see it, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you against you. It's like Duke told Rocky. It's you against the man in the mirror. That's it. And you against Drago. This is you v. you. And PrizePix offers projections in a multitude of sports. You want to do F1? You want to do college basketball? College basketball is coming up. Soccer. Tremendous MLS Cup the other day. Esports, NASCAR. They got it all. All you got to do is pick two to five players. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Currently operational over 30 states. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. Deposit 100 get 100 Deposit 500 you get 100 But still, it's a whole lot better than what other places are going to give you, if anything at all. So don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 at PrizePix. Thanks for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, boys, let's make this one real easy. Ryan, I'll start with you. Pumped up or roughed up, Bryce Young, Alabama, go. Tail two halves, right? I, I thought that that iffy decision there, leaning, falling away, trying to wrap himself around the defender to deliver that first interception, had me questioning, like, is he now feeling the pressure? Is he trying to do something that he isn't really capable of doing or isn't comfortable doing? So first note of the day was, where did he go with that? Why didn't he just pull that down and live to fight another day? But as, again, the game went on, I felt he lifted himself as well. The scramble was there. The reads got there. And I thought the big thing, and I think they did a good job pointing it out on the broadcast, is that he got to the point where he is anticipating routes better than I've seen him do in most of this season. Letting the ball fly when he had to do it because 
pressure time. I felt like he raised his game in the last seven minutes of the fourth as well. And so I would say it was it was iffy for a long while, but a slight pumped up for me for Bryce Young. Eric, pumped up, roughed up Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan, man. And and in these games, when you're talking about two big dogs going up against each other, and we saw how fast and furious that LSU defense could be. At some point, you just have to make a play. And I thought Bryce Young did a really good job of that down the stretch, giving his team every opportunity to win. I mean, listen, we got to remember how they lost this game. Alabama scored a touchdown. It just so happened that the opposing team scored a touchdown and then went for a two-point conversion. So Bryce Young, I felt like, especially down the stretch, did everything he possibly could for his team to win the game. We saw him sprint out, roll out, uh, spin out of a tackle, throw the ball down the field, and I get it, the receiver wide open, but he escaped the pressure, right? Early on, I did feel like the pressure was kind of getting to him a little bit. There were some inaccurate throws. He was very rushed. Uh, a lot of misses that we are, I'd say, are more so uncharacteristic of Bryce Young. But again, when it came down to it, he said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to be a playmaker. I don't have to be perfect from the pocket. I don't have to be perfect with my legs, but I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to make plays however I have to. And I thought he did a really good job of that. Now, it also helps when you have this running back in the backfield, Jameer Gibbs, and he did a good job of taking some of the pressure off of Bryce Young as well. But overall, as it pertains to him being you know pumped up or roughed up, I thought he did a really good job of ending the game pumped up. Yeah, I'm with the pumped up, and here's why. First of all, I think his offensive line has been less than average this year. They finally got to a settled five with Javion Cohen going at left guard. And that seemingly settled it down a little bit. But LSU didn't bring kitchen sink pressures. They didn't bring a, a ton of complex pressures. That Alabama line was just not, not picking things up. He doesn't have a Jameson Williams or a John Mechie. He's making those average receivers look better than they are. And on the drive that they had to tie it at 24. And that's a whole nother conversation is, you know, Nick Saban going for two twice. Uh, if you just kick one extra point, you end up that drive kicking a game winning field goal and L- Alabama is still in the playoff and LSU is playing uh, to maybe go to the citrus bowl, but he makes a throw to, I can't remember if it was Brooks or Jojo or I think it was Brooks. And he throws the dime on the sideline, which is going to give them, probably two, maybe three shots at the end zone, probably two with O'Brien calling the plays, but three with anybody else. And the defensive back, Bernard Converse, makes a tremendous play knocking the ball away. Well, I don't think Mechie drops that ball. I don't think that Jameson Williams drops that ball. Uh, I don't think the guys that he's been throwing to for a while are going to end up dropping that pass. And now you got shots at the end zone to win that game as opposed to kicking a game-tying field goal. I think Bryce made those throws – and then I'll tell you one other thing, and I know this is dumb. I know it's really dumb, but you start you start looking for things in a quarterback or a player, just a player at any position that you don't see on your team or you want to see, you start seeing it in other players more often. And you know, watching Jalen Hurts on Thursday night here in Houston, seeing his leadership skills, Josh Allen's got a handshake with everybody for the Buffalo Bills, and Bryce Young gets out of that masterful. I don't know, masterfully getting out of that side. I don't know how he getting – I mean, I'd seen Deshaun Watson do it, so I've seen guys do it. But him getting out and then throwing a touchdown, and then he walked over to the LSU sideline, and he just smiled at him. And you could see that he just said something. Just smiled, said something, and walked away. And I just, I, I, I just love that confidence. I love that confidence. And I will take that with me, and I will bottle it up, 
and I will do whatever I can with it because that's going to make him great down the road. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy. doesn't have the strongest arm. Maybe he doesn't always, you know, like last night, I think the rush did get to him at some point because it's been getting to him all year. But he somehow found a way to make the right and the best play at the right time. And I give Bryce Young a lot of credit for having to deal with all that he has dealt with uh, this year so far. So I'm going to give real, him real quick, John. I'm, I'm going to give him have a, a little a pushback up for sure. All right. So my only pushback is, and I know a lot of teams would love to have guys that are drafted, you know, in the top 15, even after suffering an ACL injury, as well as John Metchie, who went second round, and I feel like could have easily went first round as well if he wasn't coming off of an, an ACL injury. So uh, Alabama has had an embarrassment of riches as it pertains to the receiver position, which most quarterbacks in the country don't have that. So, you know, I, I get it. It's a step down from what you're used to seeing at Alabama over the last five, six, seven years or so. But the rest of college football is like, well, yeah, this is what we typically go through. All right, look at, uh, you know, quarterback at Kentucky right Will now. Levis. Will, Levis. Will Levis, right? So Will Levis, we're, we're judging him the same way we judge Bryce Young and all these other quarterbacks. And he has all the intangibles, but we can't name a player he's throwing to. Right or we know he's running, he's handing the ball off to uh, uh, the big running back in uh, in the backfield, Rodriguez. Yep. But outside of that, I mean, who who does he have? But he's going to be judged the exact same way. So when he goes out there and has a game where he's, you know, he throws for a hundred yards and he's getting picked off, he would look at you like, well, yeah, I'm not throwing to Jameson Williams or uh, all these other receivers that. LSU or Alabama have had the luxury of playing with. So I just kind of want to throw that context in there. No, I, I don't feel bad for Bryce Young not no, no, having no. the Jameson Williams or John Metchies throughout the year. But still, he did figure out a way to make plays at the end of the game. I actually, no, my, my point in bringing it up is just that I think his game has gone to a higher level because he's having to make throws that aren't perfect. Because last year, he could just throw it deep to Jamison, and Jamison would adjust and go run under it. Same thing with Mechie. He's now having to adjust for receivers that aren't at that particular level that he's used to, and I think he's doing it. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks. Take Jordan Love, for instance. Jordan Love lost his entire receiving core going into his final year at Utah State. He didn't make those guys any better. His game didn't seemingly get better in his final year based off a year the year before where he was throwing to a bunch of really good wide receivers that he he was in sync with. He didn't adjust his game to make those guys that weren't at that level better. That, that That was my point. I actually think it's a feather in Bryce Young's cap that he's still being able to make plays even though he doesn't have those guys. Those guys that made those plays easy last year, those guys aren't there. So Bryce is having to adjust and help those guys make the plays going forward. So I actually, I think we're on the same page with that, Eric. It's just, I think it's making Bryce Young actually a better quarterback and will make him a better quarterback going on into the NFL because as we found out, it ain't going to be perfect. You might have to play on a Thursday night without your top two wide receivers against the Philadelphia Eagles. How are you going to adapt? How are you going to adjust? And that's something I think that Bryce is proving this year that he's absolutely doing that without those guys on his side. So I think that's a big feather in his cap. All right, we're going to finish up. I'm going to ask you guys one simple question, and I want to get your answer because there's one guy that we have not mentioned in a while, yet he's the number one overall prospect on a lot of people's NFL boards. We'll ask that question, or I'll ask that question next. But first, I want to talk about Bet 
Online, the number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Now, I'm sorry if you've had to bet on the Brooklyn Nets and they have not risen to your expectations, but maybe you've been betting on the Milwaukee Bucks and it's working for you. Well, if you haven't been betting on either one, but you want all the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis of every game, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. Maybe you're following the World Series through Bet Online. You got MMA, boxing, golf. Of course, you got our sports, football, and basketball as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, guys, that very simple question. And Eric Crocker, I'm going to start with you. Where was Will Anderson, and does it worry you that he had a sack, but you didn't hear his name that much last night against LSU? I was wondering the same thing, and I was actually going to ask that in one of the segments, but you didn't feel that impact that you went out of the number one overall pick. Again, maybe you go back and you watch the film, you watch all 22, and you see they're doing a lot of doubling, a lot of chipping on him so the one sack is actually good production but the fact that this game was as big as it was everybody's paying attention to every detail tons of NFL prospects uh just littered throughout that game and the one name that was quite was Will Anderson's who you would like to be one of the loudest ones where at the very least he's changing tracing Jane Daniels off of his spot multiple times uh, let's look at the last play right where Jane Daniels uh sprint right through the touchdown or uh, for the two-point conversion did they run away from Will Anderson? Maybe that's reasons why it got a little quiet. But uh, if they ran at him, that isn't that's a that's a little bit of an issue. And I thought overall he was definitely very quiet. They ran right at him with a chip from the running back, right, but right at his side. And oh, by the way, it was made very clear by Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit early in that game. There were two true freshmen out on the field at tackle for LSU on both sides. Two true freshmen against Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. Ryan, does it bother you that Will Anderson was not a bigger factor, at least at first glance in this, as Eric pointed out? A, a bit. I, I got to say, that's that's top of the line in my notes as well. Now, I've gotten a lot of pushback over the last week since I released the latest numbers of, of the my pass rush metrics. But you have to take into account that he's doubled at least 50% of the time, if not more. So that's part of it. I think I saw him align at a three-tech a couple of times, too. I got to go check that in the yep. snap counts. But trying to move him around. But on the day, compared to earlier in the season, what I took away from is his first step is still there. But I don't see the total speed around the corner once he does get loose of the initial block. So I don't know if there's something physical going on or if they've asked him to bulk up a little bit more, to man the edge a little bit more in, in the run game. I'm not 100%, but yeah, I, I want more. He ended up uh, statistically six pressures on the day. Okay, but is super, super quiet for a guy that should be destroying. This time last year, Aiden Hutchinson was all over every headline we could find. Will Anderson should be there, and I'm not sure why he's not. I'm going to ask you an odd question, especially coming from, from me, a former coach, who um, I don't want to say I'm old school in the way that I think about things because I think I've, I've changed over the years. And, I, and I, I know this probably would not be perceived all that well. But over the years, I've seen Alabama players come into our building, not just our building, but every building, and they are beat to hell. They are beat up. They are just physically worn out. If you're Will Anderson, who hasn't had a bunch of injuries, but he's taped up in a lot of different spots, 
after three very physical years at Alabama, if you know you're going to the draft, do you step away from it right now, or do you think that absolutely hurts his draft stock if he were to do something like that? Eric, your thoughts? You know, I, I've seen this with my guy D. Milliner, right? When I was with the New York Jets, D. Milliner was drafted 19th overall. Well, when everyone else was there and ready to go and reporting for a rookie minicamp, he was not. He was having uh, coming off of a shoulder injury. As a matter of fact, he didn't even step on the field until midway through training camp in the preseason. So uh, those Alabama guys, they sometimes do come into the NFL extremely banged up because of how they practice. Their practice is extremely, uh, uh, extremely uh, intense. But I think for the, for the better as it pertains to wins and losses in college football, for the worse in the sense of how you might feel uh, down the line when you're starting to enter the NFL draft in that process. Ryan, I know it's a, it's a crazy thought. I don't even know that I'm all for it. But Alabama plays at Mississippi this weekend old, at Ole Miss. Then it's Austin P and Auburn. Now, I know it's uh, you know, they're done on November 26th. Maybe he's going to the draft. He could just go right there. And there are a lot of players, obviously, that don't go play in a bowl game. Am I crazy to even consider that as an option if I'm Will Anderson? It's not crazy, but I would not do it, or I wouldn't advise him to do it right now. You got to end on a high note if it's me, because that's going to be the last piece of film that the scouts see. It's going to be the last taste in the mouth that you're going to leave for the entire nation. That goes a long way, even if it's subliminal. And I know that scouting staffs around the, the, the league understand what they have in him. It's about utilization, how you're going to project him going forward. But I would want to leave on a high note and just say, listen, I'm, I'm going to step away maybe two games early. But if he could chase Jackson Dart around next week, make some impact, I think that would be the better plan than saying, hey, I'm going to call it here. Now, I'm all for, I mean, finish the season. Three more weeks, leave your mark. I'll tell you this quick story I, I had. This is probably about three or four years ago when skipping out of bowl games was not in vogue just yet. But there was a there was an All-American offensive lineman who went in for his combine meeting, and he had been hurt for a lot of his year, and he played in the last game or two, and then decided not to play in the bowl game. And so he was in his combine interview, and one of the scouts said, what's your best attribute? And the guy said, I'm a great teammate. And immediately the general manager jumped all over him and said, you're a great teammate. You bailed on your team before the end of the season. Now, I know things have changed um, since then, but that player ended up leaving that room a little bit shook up because the general manager kind of put back, hey, you think you're a great teammate? Now you stay and play. Now, I think the attitudes have changed a little bit about how players are getting ready, but I always worry about those Alabama guys having to play 15, 16 games, getting to the end of the year, and all of a sudden, man, they are beat up, really beat up. And I think Eric brings up a great point about D. Miller. He's one of the guys that I remember being beat up when he got to the New York Jets. So I don't think it's something that either he, uh, Will Anderson, or Bryce Young should even think about. Finish the season, you got a great stage against Ole Miss, at Ole Miss, finish up against Auburn, and then if you're going to step away, step away right then. Don't worry about the ball practices and go get ready for the draft at that point. All right, we've got plenty to break down the rest of the week. We're going to definitely take a look at Tennessee and Georgia and what happened with that one for sure. We'll have our Friday night draft later in the week, so stick with us right here on Locked On NFL Draft. And we thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Day podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. 
Here's my take of the day. Well, I got two of them. Number one, listen to the Lockdown NFL Draft. Number two, the Astros are the world champions. It's not really a take. That's just truth and facts. So there you go. For Eric, for Ryan, I'm John. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next time. And as always, let's go.